I'm Maida Getman, and welcome to Infertility Crossroads. I'm a mom to donor-conceived twins, and I went through eight rounds of fertility treatment before finally becoming pregnant with my two girls. I'm also a donor conception coach and founder of The Donor Downlow, a self-paced online program for people who are at the crossroads of donor conception and wondering which path is right for them. Perhaps you're like me, you thought having a baby would be easy, yet here you are every day, week, and month having to make big, scary, and radical decisions about what your future might look like. I call it the infertility crossroads. Whether you're just getting started on your fertility journey, have been trying for years, or are headed down an alternative path, you are welcome here. Join me each week where I will walk alongside you through all the infertility crossroads. Let's dive in. Welcome to Infertility Crossroads. I'm Maida Getman, and I'm excited to share part two of my conversation with Jen Robertson today. If you haven't listened to part one, I really encourage you to do that. In part one, Jen shares all about her infertility journey, her path to becoming a mom via surrogacy, and getting pregnant on her own, and all about how she works with people now who are struggling to build their families. Today, our conversation is pivoting to pregnancy after infertility and loss. Jen is an expert in this area, not only having gone through it twice on her own, but also in working with her clients in her group called My Pregnancy Haven. This is a tough topic, but Jen approaches it with kindness, compassion, and genuine understanding. So let's pick up where we left off last week and jump right in. So let's pivot our conversation because I want to talk about pregnancy after infertility and after loss, really. So a lot of the people listening and myself included and yourself included have experienced being pregnant after pretty significant loss. And I personally would label loss as any loss. Like it doesn't have to be a miscarriage at nine weeks or, you know, a late term loss, but even a failed cycle, a failed transfer to me is a devastating loss because you've lost that hope. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do with women around pregnancy and loss. Yeah. And I think that it's really important to acknowledge that pregnancy after infertility or loss, it is different. And I think that that is something that is really hard to come to terms with because as soon as you get pregnant, people feel like, and and us included who have experienced it, we feel like all of a sudden that should wash away everything. Like a positive pregnancy test cancels out a loss and Mm -hmm. then we're all even and we get to go along And especially when we tell people as well, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I can relate to you. Oh, we're going to have the same pregnancy experience. Okay, great. Are you doing this? I'm so excited. Are you going to plan a gender reveal or do a baby shower? Or, And I think that we need to acknowledge and pump the brakes on that and go, okay, no, 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 no. This This is a different experience rather than trying to go down the the traditional path. And it is, you know, it's something that we resist as well, because I don't know about you, but I didn't want to 
infertility or pregnancy loss to steal one more thing from me. I was kind of like, I am finally pregnant. I deserve the blissfully rosy red cheeks. Oh, you're glowing. I am so hopeful. You know, I'm going to sit and create a registry and, and feel complete joy. Like we want that. But I think that we need to be realistic as well. Mm -hmm. And if you can get to that point while you're pregnant after infertility or loss, that is absolutely brilliant. There is no right or wrong way to travel this path. If you feel the joy, if you feel the hope, lean into it, go for it. But I think that it's important to acknowledge that for a lot of us, pregnancy after infertility or loss is filled with fear and anxiety and guilt as well and grief. You know, we were talk we spoke before about it being intertwined and and it really is. It is being grateful that you have achieved a certain milestone, but also grieving the last time that you didn't get to celebrate that milestone as well. So a little while ago, as part of my, you know, fertility coaching, you know, my my clients were getting pregnant. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, it was like this deer in the headlights and they're like, but what now? Because you spend so much time preparing to get pregnant that you can't even fathom, okay, what am I going to do when I get pregnant? Like you're so focused on must get pregnant. And then when it happens, you're like, well, what now? And so a couple of years ago, I created a community called Your Pregnancy Haven. And it was for women who are pregnant after infertility or loss so that we could come together and validate all of the things that they're going through so that there is a safe space because there is a transition between I am going through a pregnancy loss, you know, and we we go on Instagram and Instagram is fantastic for bringing communities together. And so if you suffer a loss, there is a community there. For pregnancy loss. And we find comfort in the statistic that one in four, oh, it's not just me. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, not that we would wish it on anyone else, but we we find that comfort. And same with infertility, you know, it affects one in one in six. So we find our community, our infertility community on Instagram and and we find comfort in that. But then all of a sudden when we get pregnant, there's that transition. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel guilty because we're like leaving behind our friends in the infertility community. The pregnancy loss community is triggering the heck out of us now because we're like, I don't even want to think about a loss now because what if it, you know, what if thinking about it manifests it? And so then we're like, okay, well, now I'm I'm here by myself because we don't quite fit into the pregnancy community because everyone's in there going, wow, this is amazing. You know, what, what, what did you buy on, you know, Etsy the other day? And we're just <laughs> kind of like, you know what? I just need to hold on to this. Like, I can't even say the words I am pregnant yet. Mm-hmm. So like, I just felt like there was a real gap there. And so it was out of, from my experience with pregnancy after loss, knowing what it felt like. And I traveled that path alone. I didn't speak to anyone. I just, you know, I sucked it up, which is exactly what I did for the rest of it. And so it was important that I created a space for that. And I'm really proud of the community that we have created. It has grown. We now have, you know, as as soon as you get pregnant, there is a space for you. We have a number of chat groups. We have a a chat for when you get to the 20, like 20 weeks. So it's more targeted and relevant for the later stages of your pregnancy, because, you know, when you're, when you've just found out you're pregnant, you don't want to be talking about 
you know, preparing for birth or anything like that. And then, you know, more recently in the last six months, we created a community as well off the edge of it for postpartum because mm-hmm. we had all of these women inside there and they're like, we're not going anywhere. Like mm-hmm. we're having our baby next week, but we are not going anywhere because motherhood after infertility or loss is different as well. And I really found that after I'd had Luca, you know, I had this this mother's group that I went to and some of them were fantastic, but I still couldn't relate. They were talking about breastfeeding and they were talking about birth and they were talking about all of these things that I just couldn't relate to because I hadn't experienced it. And each time they spoke about it, I just felt like this, oh, like I just, I wish I had the problem of, mm-hmm. of you know, cracked nipples and, <laughs> and all of that, you know, and, and I got to experience that later on, thank goodness. But like, so yeah, we had to create this extra community for postpartum. And, and we also found as well that people were scared to join the community because what happens if I do suffer a loss? It's like doing this walk of shame of, oh, I'm now I'm pregnant. Oh, no, I'm not. And so now we've created an extra arm off that. So we will support you. So there's an extra chat community and resources around how do you navigate your way through loss? And, you know, because I think that that's really important as well. So it's just kind of grown and grown into this, the most amazing community of women. And it's, it's not about me. It's completely about them and what they bring to the table and, and who better to support you through loss than someone who has been in the trenches. You know, I remember when I was deep in the trenches of infertility and loss, I did go and see a counselor because it was a requirement for part of our surrogacy things. And I remember thinking the whole time, you have no idea how this feels. Please don't tell me what to do. You have no idea. Whereas when, you know, you're getting that advice from people who have been through it, you're more open to receiving that sort of advice and support as well. And, you know, there's less triggers in there because, no one would ever say to you, oh, just be grateful for what you've got. You know, like when someone puts their hand up and goes, okay, I'm going through something at the moment. There are so many of the women jumping in. They're going, yeah, I felt that too. Yes, I'm feeling that right now. And that is relief in itself. Not that we want other people to feel the same way, but it's just nice to know that you are not feeling like this by yourself, that it's not just you, that there's something wrong with you that this is a different path. I mean, I love that so much because we all are searching for people who can support us and understand us and understand what we're going through. And infertility changes us. Infertility, struggling to have a baby, it makes us we become much more conscious of a lot of things that we never knew about, we never had to consider, or even our friends or people around us who are getting pregnant the, the natural way, like they never have to think about the things that we've had to not just think about or feel or navigate, but like make decisions about. And to be able to be in a space with people who can truly say, I get it. And they may not get, you know, your exact scenario. You know, it's never the same experience because we're all different people and we experience things differently. But to be able to say, I'm feeling X 
and you don't have, like we talked about before, you don't have to justify why you feel that way. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to say like, I'm feeling devastated and here's the 18 reasons why I feel devastated and you need to understand that I'm feeling devastated. You can just say, I'm feeling this way and people go, oh, I'm so sorry. I get it. I've been there or I've experienced this or that makes complete sense. Of course you feel that way. It can really help to find that community. And I I love what you talked about, about how every step along the way is different. Like pregnancy after loss is different because you've experienced a loss and you're reminded or you're grieving that loss or whatever that is. But then like, you know, the feelings and I know I felt like this for sure of like, you know, I honestly did not love being pregnant. One, I didn't love being pregnant. Two, I was pregnant with twins. Like, that's kind of insane and crazy to think about. Yet, I carried a lot of guilt around that and never really said out loud, like, this is hard. I don't like being pregnant. I'm scared for this. Like, you know, I remember waking up after our embryo transfer and being like, what the hell did we just do? Like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then feeling really guilty because I had worked so hard to get pregnant and then being like, why did I do this to myself? And that doesn't negate that I don't love my children or all of those things, but those feelings that you have are just different. And Mm. then to experience, you know, having a baby after infertility and then some of the guilt and the, the feelings that come along with like, Man, having a newborn is a beautiful, lovely experience, but it's fucking hard. And when you have twins, like, I literally did not sleep for, like, months on end. And you know what? Like, I like sleeping. That's not fun. Mm -hmm. And not, not that I'm complaining, but I feel like sometimes you can't complain or you can't share that with your friends who are still struggling because... They don't, they're not there yet. It's really hard. So to have people that you can really say that to, that it can be both and, right? It's like we talked yes. about before. It can be brutal. <laughs> yeah. And and that's so true. And, and like you can complain, oh my goodness. Yes. Pregnancy. It's just like, it's insane what, what happens to your body. But I think that it's important. Yeah, you have to you have to be mindful of your audience because I know when I was in the trenches and trying to conceive, the last thing I wanted was someone complaining about their pregnancy to me. So this means that there is the safe space where you can absolutely vent away, like like point out all of the tough things that are that are happening without fear of being judged. Or mm. or offending someone as well, or hurting someone else, because that's not what we want to do. We are so mindful. You know, you were you were talking about this journey does change us, and we're mindful of what we say now to to anyone, and and even myself. Like I will never say to someone when I look at their children, "Oh, she looks like you," yep. because you have no idea where, how how they came to be. So 
it definitely makes us aware of our audience, but it is nice to be able to have that space, safe space where we can just speak our truth without, you know, fear of hurting anyone else or being judged. Yeah. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. I mean, I mentioned when we first started talking about this topic about my definition of loss, that I feel like loss is really kind of all of the things. How would you define, you know, loss in in this process or the women who are joining your program, joining my pregnancy haven, like what kinds of losses have they've experienced? Can anyone join? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is typically for those who have experienced, like gone down, whether they've tried for for a couple of years to conceive, whether they've gone down IVF, whether they have suffered a miscarriage, pregnancy loss, baby loss, like however you want to refer to it. And that's that's kind of who is attracted to the community. Mm-hmm. You know, if people haven't suffered a loss, then then I usually, you know, like they, they tend not to be attracted to the community because there is chat of occasionally loss. And I and I think that it's really important to make the dis- distinction in this community. We don't always just talk about loss because it is triggering as well. So we talk right. about, okay, how do we get through this? Like, how do we talk yes. about the tough things around it? Not, you know, not dwelling on mm-hmm. on anything, but it is acknowledging that. In terms of what I consider a loss just in general, you know, I, and I think that we're basically talking about our right to grieve, aren't we? Mm, like, do we yes. have a right to grieve? And for me, it's that loss of that picture that that we had. Like that's, for me, that's a loss. So yeah. whether you thought that it was going to take you two months and it took you two years, that's it's almost like a loss of two years. Mm-hmm. If you had to go down the path of IVF, that's a loss of sex, you know, a baby <laughs> being made just from pure lovemaking. If totally. you, like me, had to go down the path of surrogacy, you know, that that's a loss as well. So for me, loss is, is a really, really broad terms. In terms of pregnancy after loss, in terms of your pregnancy haven, it is more relevant and more supportive and more conducive for those who have gone through infertility or loss, yeah. which you know, I think it's whatever you need because people can have pregnancy anxiety regardless of whether they've gone through a loss or not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it, it is for really anyone who is feeling anxious about their pregnancy and wants some some validation. Yeah. What would you say are the most common things you see people struggling with once they're pregnant after infertility? or after recurrent, you know, multiple losses? So first of all is like getting to the ultrasound appointments. Mm. So that's that's a really tough, you know, in the lead up to it, in the wait to it. So that's a tough thing. And also because those are triggers as well, because it might have been at your last ultrasound appointment you went to, you got that news, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. So the biggest thing is the mindset, you know, like going to that worst case scenario, like all of a sudden, and the thing is with, with pregnancy, especially after loss and infertility, you're hyper aware, Like there's no way that people are like, oh, just stop thinking about it. You can't just stop thinking about it. It is happening inside of your body. Like you are monitoring what you are eating. You are monitoring how many times you go to the toilet. You are monitoring whether your boobs are sore, you're you know, you're monitoring everything that goes into your mouth. Like you're monitoring so much and you are so hyper vigilant that it's exhausting. So 
you know, trying to stop thinking about it isn't possible, but it's that mindset of all of a sudden you, you feel a twinge, which is a pregnancy symptom, by the way. And all of a sudden your mind's like, oh my goodness, it's, it's already gone to, this is a loss. I'm going to have to tell this person. I'm going to have to take some time off work. What if this happens? What if that happens? I'm going to have to delay our holiday. And so you've already gone to the the worst case scenario. So that's one of the biggest struggles is like inside of the, the oh shit moment of how do we bring ourselves back and, and kind of go, okay, let's breathe. Let's take a beat. Mm-hmm. What else could this be? Let's bring some rational thought to this process. So so yeah, ultrasound appointments, the worst case scenarios, announcing to people as well. I think that we have in our head that, oh, I have to do the traditional announce mm-hmm. on social media. And you don't have to do that. You know, yeah. we have we have women who are in our community who just who haven't told people. If they're working from home, like they don't tell their bosses until they're like 20 weeks along because they don't have to. So it's breaking with tradition. It's realizing that this is a different path. And so because it's a different path, you don't have to do the traditional. You can announce in ways that, you know, feel comfortable for you. Baby showers as well, you know, something mm-hmm. that has triggered us for so many years. And now all of a sudden we're kind of like, but I should have a baby shower. And I think that that's like the summary, isn't it? It's like all of the shoulds. I should yep. be doing this. I should be feeling this. I should be, you know, planning out things for my nursery. I should be ticking off the registry list, all all of those different things. They're all kind of triggers along Mm -hmm. the way. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, there's just so many. There are so many, like it's just a minefield out there in terms of, of pregnancy. So many triggers, as I said before, like each milestone that you achieve is, is grief at the same time. It's all just intertwined it's just and I always say it's complicated it's just so complicated it is yeah you know someone said to me a long time ago and it was the best advice I've ever gotten in my entire life which was we just have to stop shooting on ourselves Mm -hmm. and like yeah I've taken that with me like why do you have to do it that way who's telling you like you're in charge you do it your way stop shooting Mm -hmm. on yourself because this is a different way you're a different person you've experienced this in a different way than other people so you don't have to and do you want to do it that way great do it that way but if you don't you don't have to yeah it's about what feels comfortable for you right that's the most important thing because you're the only one who has earned the right to have an opinion or to get to make choices at this point in time, because you're the one who has gone through all of it. So you get to make the choices as to what feels comfortable for you, which is really hard because we, you know, a lot of us are people pleasers as well. Like we want to be able to like announce and tell people because we don't want to feel them to feel left out or, or anything like that. So yeah, it's uh it's tough. Yeah. So speaking of those things, like what are some strategies that you would share with people who are going through those experiences, like trying to navigate to those first milestone appointments and and stuff like that? I mean, I just I remember for myself, like, I don't know, maybe three weeks after we got our positive beta back, I started to have bleeding. And Mm. when you were talking about like how that happens and you just like instantaneously go to worst case scenario like i had this like visceral reaction where like all of those feelings came flooding right back in because i 
woke up and I saw blood and I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is the end. This is over. This is not like, I'm like, we're going to have to start over again. We're going to have to do another train. Like, you know, we were going to tell our family at Christmas. Now I'm going to have to tell my mom and dad that this, you know, like all of those things. Like, what are some strategies you share with people to help them navigate that? Yeah. And I think first, it's really important to realize that that is your, like, that's an automatic response in your brain. Like that's how our brains are really wired to think. All of a sudden it feels familiar, you know, that mm-hmm. familiar sign of, of blood or the twinge or the cramp. And, and all of a sudden you're taken taken back to that moment. Your logical part of your brain completely shuts down. You yes. are, you know, like it's it's the emotional side. You're in fight or flight. Like nothing good is coming from that state. So I always say the best thing at that point in time is to try to tap back into the logical part of your brain, breathing exercises, mm-hmm. you know, like shout out from the rooftops, the number of times I say it every single day, like your breathing exercises to try to help you do that, but also reaching out to someone for logic. And so usually when, you know, the women in our community are experiencing something like that, they will come into the group and then everyone will be like, great, like not great like, right, this is what you have to, you know, I experienced this, you know, and now I'm 20 weeks ahead. And so Mm -hmm. I experienced this too. And so getting that validation, I think is really important and asking yourself, what else could this be? And there are so many different things that it could be. And then it's going to get that reassurance as well. Because I think a lot of us go, oh, I just have to I shouldn't be so silly. I'm not going to go in for that extra scan. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to call my doctor. And so we sit in this fight or flight response and we just, you know, like we pull the covers over. Yeah. And we jump on Google, don't we? Because of course, Google's got the answer. So, so yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing. Like if you can get any kind of reassurance, book in for a scan if you, if you're not worried. Like I, I always said to people, like if that can give you reassurance, then do it. Like, why would you sit in your anxiety a moment longer, wh- worrying about whether someone's going to judge you for being overcautious? And I always say, you're not being overcautious. You're being smart. Like you mm-hmm. are protecting your baby in this pregnancy. So if you can get reassurance, absolutely go in for the scan, not jumping on Google, you know, find your community talking to someone who gets it as well not someone who goes oh just stop thinking about it or everything's gonna be fine because that's a trigger as well yeah like they don't know that everything's gonna be fine like that's an extra trigger in of itself so finding that community that you can go into and go this is what's happening and getting the stories like the good stories like no one ever is going to share a story in there and go oh yeah that happened to me too when i experienced the loss they're always going to be like <laughs> yes that happened to me too and here i am at 28 weeks or you know right. that happened to me around this range so so getting that validation as well so so yes there's definitely things that that you can do to try to reduce that down and slow down and you know like as much as we can't just stop thinking about it, we can distract ourselves. And it is, you know, how do you make it to that first ultrasound appointment? We break down the goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do I get to the end of the day? Right. I need to do this to get to the end of the day. Okay. And sometimes it is even about breaking it down. Okay. How do I just pass the next two hours? Great. Okay. I can do this. I can, 
you know, binge watch a Netflix show. I can put on some walking shoes and go out and get some fresh air. I can phone a friend. I can, you know, get stuck into a, a book series or like there are so many different things that all of the ladies in our community use as strategies. And and it's really nice because they pass them down the ranks as well. It's kind of like, oh, this worked for me. You know, I like I'm in the postpartum group now, but this worked for me. And, and so mm-hmm. like it's just all of this information and knowledge of strategies that we learn along the path of pregnancy gets handed down almost to the next generation as well. So lots of tips and strategies and things that you can do. And I think the most important thing is to remember that you don't have to suffer in silence. Yeah. And I think that's what I love so much about the work that you're doing with this group and just the the way that you've facilitated the group coming together, that you have built a community where people don't have to suffer alone. They don't have to go through this alone. And that like, if someone's listening right now and they're just, they've just recently found out they're pregnant and they're feeling really anxious or they're really struggling, like they can come and join and find you and, and be part of this community and group and connect with the other women and know that they don't have to suffer by themselves and Mm -hmm. that it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that provides a whole lot of relief as well, like knowing that you have a place to go. And and even for those who are in the trenches as well, just I think it becomes that I'm scared to get pregnant. And I'm, I'm you know, it's like that. I'm scared of not getting pregnant, but I'm scared of getting pregnant as well. And, totally. and when we know that we have a safe place to go, it can provide a little bit of relief and resistance, you know, less resist- resistance as well. Yeah. 100%. This has been such an amazing conversation. I'm looking at my clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been chatting for so long. I love it. I could just keep talking to you forever, Jen, but we should probably wrap it up. If people want to connect with you, they want to come find you, how do they find you? Well, I am over on Instagram mainly. So if you are wanting pregnancy after loss support, you can find me at Your Pregnancy Haven. Or if you are looking for fertility support, you can find me at Ms. Jennifer Robertson. And I have websites the same, so www.jenniferrobertson.co or www.yourpregnancyhaven.co. Not top, not .com, .co. .co, beautiful. I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can just go and, and come connect with you and find you. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a fun conversation. I'm incredibly grateful for you. I'm grateful for the time you spent with us. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for all that you do as well and for creating this platform as well. You're amazing. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for joining us on Infertility Crossroads. I will see you next week. Are you looking for some more support and to stay connected with me on a regular basis? Make sure you have a copy of my free PDF called My Doctor Just Said Donor, Now What? This free PDF is for you if you just had the conversation with your doctor, you're thinking it might be coming, or you're looking for what to do now that you've had this conversation. It's an amazing resource to help you take the next right steps forward. Go to Meta Getman slash podcast to get your free copy. That's www.metagetman.com slash podcast to grab your copy. 
I am on a mission to spread my message to as many people as I can, and your feedback helps. Please take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so I know how I'm doing and can keep bringing you exactly what you're looking for. It would mean the world to me. And make sure you're subscribed to the show. That way, the latest and greatest episodes will be delivered to you as soon as they publish. Lastly, I am not a doctor, a psychologist, or a professional in the area of fertility. I'm a person who's gone through infertility, and I want to share my learnings with you and the learnings that I've gained by working with my clients. In addition, the guests that I bring on this show are sharing their own views, opinions, thoughts, and ideas. Some are medical professionals, others are not, and they're just like me. Please don't substitute any of the information shared here as medical advice. That's what the pros are for. If you want to learn more about my terms and conditions, go to my website, madagetman.com.